Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, probably the world's favourite and certainly the world's most regular cricket show. My name is Adam Bayford and I'll be your host for this one and sat alongside me in the cricket mobile tonight is none other than Tony Kerr. Evening. We are going to need a bigger car, let's be honest. We're in your car again, Tony. Although actually, you've chosen the smaller option. Yeah. It's not. We're not in your canyon area. With the last few episodes we recorded, I'm talking as though listeners are like, I've just, you know, um, if you're just joining us, uh, the last few episodes we've recorded, which were about six months ago, uh, we've been recording in Tony's car for some reason. So yeah, just to paint the picture, we've driven out to uh, a sort of coastal coastal spot of in guernsey um it's pitch black there's no street light around there's very little moonlight really can't see an awful lot in any direction i think it's yeah, by some distance by some measure the most isolated podcast recording we've done i think it, it, were it not for my iphone torch um it would be pitch black in here we we had the car light on for a little bit but then we realized that might run your battery down and then we'd be <laughs> stranded here in, in effectively the middle of nowhere so yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty bleak. I mean, you'd think this is in a in a world of sort of podcast saturation. There's all these big podcasts now making a lot of money. You know, the rest is cricket. <laughs> yeah. All of this, and I suppose in our own lives, as we you know, as we we get older, we sort of move up the ladder professionally and all of that. You'd sort of think that we would that the podcast would be getting into more, sort of more and more sophisticated uh, surroundings. But we used to record in an actual recording studio. And now we're in a dark car. Yeah, it is a fall from grace, isn't it? Um, yeah, we used to have we used to record at a BBC studio uh, after hours, uh, just sort of have the run of the place. Kind of, I, I mean, I did work there to be fair. Yeah, um, but yeah, you know, they didn't sort of, know that. <laughs> yeah, I did. But I, well, don't I work there anymore. Do yeah, not work true. there anymore. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. We just used to sort of like kick back, feet up on the desk. A sort of sound engineer who would kind of. Uh, sort out all the issues during the day we've fallen some way from that high watermark um to recording yeah in a dark car on a freezing cold night so yeah i mean is this the low point there were if we hit rock bottom <laughs> it's, well so far there's further to go um <laughs> next week public toilets yeah true. Well, when you've recorded from a phone box I have recorded from so, uh yeah i just think it's kind of it's like what what, what you know sort of gonzo podcasting it's kind of street <laughs> beat podcasting i don't know I, I'm, it's 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 rough and ready that's what the people want in retrospect we should have probably gone into town to somewhere with streetlight <laughs> whereas my suggestion was to drive out to the coast i was sort of thinking oh we'll be you know overlooking the sea but it's honestly pitch black there is no moon tonight we're kind of uh, what i wanted truthfully time what i wanted is we're a little bit further away than i was playing i was i suggested we go and park just across the road from uh front of the show ollie's house some some listeners may know as one of the film pod boys he's just had a baby uh, and he's very smugly won't shut up about how his baby sleeps all the time sleeps through the night so i was thinking you know as we leave little toot of the horn yeah true couple just give him something to think about <laughs> but that was my suggestion but of fireworks um, so we're yeah we're a little bit further away than yeah, well, we opinion. could we could beat from here yeah well we've got to go past his house on the way yeah back, true so. well, i'll give a bit full beam um well here we are again then tony they, you know we just they can't keep us off the air can they back again for another episode set your watch to the world cricket show that's what they say and boy is there a lot to talk about i said that like it's a question is there a lot to talk well, about? well you'll have to remind me uh yes plenty england england are about to uh, play a five test series in india tone five test matches coming up so we need to preview that one give a full preview of that one but there's uh, a bunch of other stuff too 
David Warner's retirement. I want to touch on that. Uh, India's tour of South Africa. That was a pretty remarkable test series. Yeah. We can maybe talk about that. And then South Africa going to New Zealand and the squad they've picked for that series. That's another talking point. We haven't done a podcast post-World Cup. Should we do a... <laughs> Should we do a game by game review yeah, of the World Cup? As well? I'm sure this is something listeners are, you know, really thinking about a lot. It's the World Cup at this point. Yeah, we've not done one since the World Cup. We did one like halfway through, and then <laughs> right, gave okay. up. This is, <laughs> this is, uh, yeah, this is our sort of uh, pattern. So I may now. Yeah, record three episodes during the World Cup, and then <laughs> don't come back for a year. Well, yeah, it sort of speaks for itself, doesn't it? <laughs> well, should we start in India, Tony? Should we start with uh, England's tour? Yeah, go on. In fact, we should start India. with the, 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 the relay catch for the weekend. That you want to start the... with that one? Yeah. We can start well, with is that, that. Is that on your agenda? It's on my agenda, yeah. It's on my agenda. We can t- t- Let's talk about it now, Tony. That's what you want well, to talk about. It was no, one no, of the most remarkable things uh, I've seen. This has gone kind of unmentioned, but the last episode we recorded, you hosted. But I was, yeah. you know, we're just, you know just going to move on from that pretend that didn't happen but if you went through the roof if you want to control the agenda we can go we can go over to the 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 catch if you like yeah we we, if you want i just thought we'd start on it go for it but you know most recent thing first if you want to start with that you go i can't tell you who took the catch (laughs) i've Uh, written this down down. yeah so this was uh, if listeners haven't seen it it is pretty extraordinary i would recommend looking up on uh, youtube or uh or somewhere similar but um yeah, the Wellington Firebirds versus Central Stags in the Dream 11 Super Smash, which I'm sure... Ticks all the boxes. <laughs> everybody glued to. So this was a, a boundary relay catch from these relay catches. Troy Johnson and Nick Kelly. Can you describe it? Who actually us, took the... Who did the good work? Or who did the bulk well, of the so work? Well, so in the scorecard, it's gone down as Court Kelly. Right. Uh, but yeah, it was Troy Johnson who did the kind of athletic stuff on, yeah, I mean, on the boundary rope. Can you yeah, describe I mean, it? If you haven't seen it, which you, yeah, if you've gone off X... Um, I mean, it might be on other social. It's probably on other social media channels, isn't it? It's probably um, on Blue Sky. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it's one of the most extraordinary catches I've seen. I think it's it takes relay catching to a new level, doesn't it? Because you're sort of we're used to seeing. Well, we've become pretty sport now. I think we're used to seeing um, boundary fielders, you know, take a high catch, maybe kind of throw it back in the air as they're as they're kind of stepping over the boundary, or whatever. But this was, yeah. I mean, it was it was a, obviously a skied shot. Um, and Johnson makes like a huge amount of ground uh, over his shoulder, like chases hard, basically takes the catch at sort of almost full stretch, you know, not quite full stretch, but it's an incredible catch in the first place. But it's then sliding towards the boundary. There's not a lot of space between him and the boundary when he takes the catch. Um, somehow, I don't know how, manages to like contort his body, like throw the ball back before he hits the rope to the other fielder. Um, he takes the, you know, he takes the. Well, uh, he the throws it snap. quite a long way yeah. as well, doesn't it? It's not that the other fielder is right there with him. He has to throw it some distance to it's, him. It's implausible that it could happen because, mm. as you say, I mean, it's an incredible catch in the first place. To actually release the ball in time on the slide is astonishing. Uh, and then actually to, to pick out the fielder is remarkable because, I mean, you know, th- oh, this is the thing, though. You know, are we in club games now going to have to, if, if, a, if a ball is skied up and a fielder gives chase? is another fielder going to have to go with him because it ain't going to be me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> You're not prepared to do that. Yeah. Yeah. One's at, send one. That's enough. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, yeah, it was just, you know, it, I think, I mean, it's recency biased, but it, it's probably top five catches of all time really? I've seen, I think. It's an interesting one, isn't it? Because well, I want five bits of fielding. Yeah, because I wonder whether boundary catches like that are almost in a different category, should be in a category of their own. Because like, how do you compare that with like Ben Stokes in the slips? It's sort of a different yeah. 
skill in a way. At the end of the day, both are catches. Um, it probably is up there with the best catches I've ever seen or best, as you say, pieces of fielding, best single pieces of athleticism on a cricket field. I mean, do you think that if you, when you're sort of judging the best catch of all time, does the context matter, the, the match situation? Not the ma- the yeah, match, no, that's true. The situation in the game and how big a game it is, or is it purely just the catch in and of itself? Because it probably should be the latter, right? Like it, it should just be... I suppose it's a little no, bit. I agree. There is, there like is context. Best goal yeah. in football. Yeah, you know, right. if you're t- in football, what's the best goal of all time? Do you factor in whether it's in the World Cup final or the FA Cup final, or the Champions League final, or that sort of thing? Because I'm, I'm thinking about like there have been some unbelievable catch. Because I mean, you made a list. Quite rightly, you're saying, "Oh, I think that's one of the best catches I've ever seen." And I think I do agree with you. But I think we have also said that about other things over the last few years. Some of which we've probably forgotten about. <laughs> yeah, now. almost certainly. Um, so I'm thinking of. Uh, Adam Milne in the hundred, a similar boundary catch. Do you do you know what I'm no, talking about? about that, but it was, it was not sliding though. Uh, Akil Hussain in a CPL game a couple of years ago. Jason Roy in the Bangladesh Premier League. Yeah. Are any of these ringing any bells? Kind of, but have you have you, have you actually ever seen a um, a relay catch where it's a phenomenal? kind of catch over the shoulder on the dive and then sliding to release. No, I don't. Yeah, think, I mean, I that, don't think I've seen that. That's that is. I think that is the most incredible boundary catch like that I've ever seen. But I do think, well, I just wonder whether in three or four years, if I, <laughs> if if I say it, yeah. to you, what's the best catch you've ever seen? Johnson, where, Dream 11, Super Smash. Will you say that? Or will you just say Andrew Strauss, 2005 Ashes? You know I mean, I mean, if you're rolling in like athleticism, uh, you know, just the quality of the catch, occasion. And I agree because occasion leads then to great celebration as well. Mm, the true. greatest catch mm. of all time is... Dwayne Laverock, isn't it? For sure. It's got to be, surely, for just like context. And for me, the best catch I've ever seen and ever will see is Paul Collingwood 2005 off Matthew Hayden in that ODI, which, you know, obviously it was a, you know, pretty inconsequential ODI uh, in the scheme of things. But the fact that that was leading into the the Ashes series that was coming up, it felt that, you know, those matches felt so charged with, you know, with with that kind of build-up. And that was just an extraordinary moment and an extraordinary piece of fielding. I mean, I do think it, I think it is the best catch I've ever seen, even leaving that all of that context aside. But it also, it's stuck in my memory in a way that so many other things that are probably similar in terms of athleticism yeah. haven't. I mean, like Stokes, uh, Trent Bridge off broad, mm. arguably, mm. for context and... Celebration and celebration. Yeah, um, I mean these are all English, aren't they? So like, <laughs> yeah, like uh, international listeners are probably <laughs> shouting Flint into their off, uh, shouting into their yeah. iPods at the moment, aren't they? But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, you're right. I, I, well, I guess if, to make the football comparison, I suppose a relay catch is a, is a team goal, effectively, isn't it? Um, mm. And can a team goal ever really be the greatest goal? I mean, lots of people would say yes. Yeah. Was it Jarzinho? Is yeah. That, uh, that the one people go um, to? Um, Cambiasso. Yeah. Whoever scored. Wilshire. Anyway, good Yeah, good, good debate. Well, I'll tell you what, that was a good place to start, Tone. Well it done. It was. Yeah, yeah. You should be uh, running, the, uh, <laughs> running the production order for this. Shall we go now to India? Yeah. So England's tour of India is right up in our grill piece now, Tone. There's, a, as I mentioned, a five-test series starting in Hyderabad on Thursday, the 25th of January. Now, my first question, Tone, was going to be, wait for this, how excited are you to watch this series? 
Uh, but as things stand, you might not be able to. Yeah. Listeners may well be aware that uh, as we're recording on, what's the date? The 14th of January, uh, there is no TV deal for this to be shown in the UK. Same thing happened three years ago and eventually Channel 4 bought the rights, which was great. Uh, but uh, but then the series have... happened and it was like less <laughs> great. But... Uh, but Channel 4 have ruled themselves out this time and Sky and BT or TNT as they're now called um, are either playing brinkmanship or are genuinely not interested either so yeah there's there is no broadcaster for this i mean presumably someone will come through will they not it's not great is it it's all very strange it's a bit depressing uh oh. and this and presumably this is because the bcci are playing hardball here like as in they're yeah. they're demanding a lot of money uh, is it just i mean there a, should be some sort of deadline though should they not ahead of it I, I, well i say who would set the deadline i mean it'd be the bcci wouldn't it so yeah. um I, yeah it's i mean it doesn't exactly cricket doesn't exactly do itself many favors as it mm. often uh and this is kind of another another example of that because i mean yeah at the end of the day was the channel 4 coverage was all right wasn't it as, i mean the coverage was basically just like you know a couple of the guys in a in a sort of cupboard I can't who picking up, that? I can't remember. uh rishi was it rishi Pasad? yeah Pasad, yeah uh and then who was who? I can't even remember. I who feel else like was, Cook, in. was Cook on it. Yeah, I think he was. Was Prior there? Oh God, I can't I don't remember. Know. I can't remember. Um, but I, you know, it was fairly pedestrian. It was. I mean, the, yeah. the, the big thing was it was on Channel Four, so it was free to air. Um, but uh, it doesn't exactly. When you throw into the, the fact that we haven't really bothered to do any warm up games, yeah, uh, it just does seem like a bit <laughs> of a. And you know, this is yeah. When we yeah. when we say there are basically three teams left in cricket, yeah. and this is two of them playing each other. <laughs> Um, it does sort of it does make you wonder. Yeah, so it should be one of the kind of marquee blue ribbon yeah. moments. So we're basically left the with the ashes. Yeah, really. I mean, and there's some talk of oh, maybe Disney Plus will will go for the rights at the last minute, which would be interesting. I mean, for me, that's okay because I've got Disney Plus because my kids are obsessed with watching Bluey. <laughs> um, but you know, obviously that's not going to be ideal for a lot of people who, who who haven't got that streaming platform. But but also you think, well, who? Yeah, who's going to be hosting that? Like, how do, how are they going to put together any kind of coverage um, in you know in a couple of days? So it's all very weird, all very yeah. depressing, as you well, say. I mean, you know where we are. So we might re- yeah, we might <laughs> we might return to that um, that, I mean, that sort of be thing a, a bit later. Hell of a rags to riches story if we go from <laughs> hosting a podcast in a car in a coastal car park. To, uh, to to fronting Disney Plus's uh, <laughs> England India India England yeah. England coverage, so yeah, make uh, almost a story worthy of a kind of documentary in itself. So. I tell you what, I've always loved Mickey Mouse, <laughs> big fan. Uh, I think at the end of this show, don't just start the car, just keep driving straight onto the ferry, <laughs> keep driving up to London, Where up, to? up to that London, turn up outside. <laughs> Is that does Disney have? HQ, we've got to get to Orlando. No idea. Is that where we've yeah. got to go? Go to Paris, maybe. It's <laughs> closer. Broadcasting from the top of Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. <laughs> yes, okay. like, what do you make of the crew? Didn't see it. This was on the rides all day. I was just on Big Thunder Mountain <laughs> over and over. Um, okay, so hopefully we'll be able to watch this series. Uh, and if we do, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what kind of uh, what kind of fare is served up. I mean, is it is it probably correct to say that this is quite a tough assignment for england <laughs> i mean is this is this the biggest challenge in cricket at the moment i mean at least for england arguably for anybody is it tougher even than australia would you say going to india 
Or on a par. Well, tough to say. For England or for anyone? Let's say for England. Yeah. Because that's who we're talking about. Probably on a par, I'd say. Mm. Maybe edges it, but we haven't exactly got a great record in Australia. No. In recent times. So I can give you a stat. So since 2013, so the last team to beat India in India was England uh, in, in 2012, which offers some encouragement, I suppose. But since then, uh, India have only lost three matches at home. Uh, and certainly no series. They've won 36 matches in that time. Lost three, drawn a couple, and otherwise won basically everything. Yeah. I mean, what did, we, what did we lose in 2021? 4-0? No, we won a game. A 4-1? Yeah, it was 4-1 because we, we won the first game. We. England. I've revealed, uh, listeners will be shocked. Oh, so I reveal my allegiance there. <laughs> um, England won, a, won the first test. In retrospect that looks more and more like I, mean, I think we probably said this at the time it, like, it, it was one of England's greatest ever yeah, test wins we, but we said at the time it won't be because we'll still lose the series heavily and that is what happened but that was an extraordinary moment Jimmy Anderson took weeks as well yeah. if you remember but uh, it was an extraordinary moment in time because it was like it was right in the middle of a very hard lockdown both in England and here in Guernsey quite a kind of remarkable thing to be served up in the middle of all that an England test win in India in an empty stadium. Yeah. Remembering this now? I think I've tried to put it out my mind, really, but yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. You know, sort of what went around it. Um, I mean, also, as I say, so the last team to actually win a series in India was England. I mean, the, the more time that passes, the more that result looks, it, it looks more and more incredible and inexplicable in yeah, a way. Yeah, definitely. But that that does have to go down as one of England's, I think, probably best ever test victories. Does it slightly spoil us in a way? I mean, I know England have lost heavily twice since then in India, but was there almost a feeling like people have almost sort of underestimated just how difficult it is to win in India because England did pull it off at that time? Yeah, true. It's possible, isn't it? You're right, though. It does. It seems more implausible. Mm. And when you consider like that time was quite, a, well, that it was quite messy, wasn't it, for England? It wasn't like we didn't go there necessarily thinking we're going to win. Yeah, has it made it? What you're saying is, if we hadn't won that, how we would be going back like 20 years before well, we want to win in India? Well, yeah, Not quite, even, even I suppose three years ago and three years before that, uh, we came into that series with very, very low expectations for how England were likely to do. I mean, where are your expectations this time? Does 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 Basball change the equation a bit or not? I mean, how how do you expect Basball to pan out in India, or at least? The fact that England have been very good in Test cricket over the last couple of years—call it what you want—where are your expectations this time? No, I think Basball does change it. Does change the the expectation slightly because you know or you hope that we're not just going to go there and try and kind of like dig in, score no runs, and be found out. Mm. Um, so you kind of hope on the batting side of things that we'll at least get some runs for our wickets. So we might, we might at least make a game. Well, hopefully, make a game of mm. uh, of more than one of the matches. And yeah, you know, we, <clears throat> undoubtedly, what England have done in Test cricket in the last few years or last couple of years would suggest that they that you know that they've confounded expectations. So the fact that in theory we would expect very little, you should then maybe expect mm. a bit more. Yeah, and I think it, it at the very least, Basball makes it harder to predict what's going to happen if it you know it's it adds an element of 
uncertainty of mystery into the into proceedings you know in certainly in 2016 17 england basically tried to play india at their own game if you know what i mean they kind of got sucked into to trying to kind of grind it out and play attritional cricket and that you're just never going to beat india like that because they're they know the conditions much better and they're much better in those conditions than england could hope to be but but this time and we'll talk about it there are weaknesses and so on but you feel like at least if england go in with that approach that has has you know paid off so spectacularly um over the last 18 months and you know not least in pakistan not too dissimilar a place to go and they they won three nil there you know if if they take that approach in it may not work but it feels like they've got a, a better chance um that said you know this is a much tougher challenge than going to pakistan and there is an element of like how much gravity can they defy you know it's yeah. does, does cricketing <clears throat> logic have to kick in at some point and however hard you basball um <laughs> beating india in india is just almost impossible at the moment yeah i mean and it, the, it's a tough place to go uh, you know at any stage in the last decade but you would look at that india side and think well they've, they've got as much if not more than any stage, so mm. and um, England are coming in with almost no preparation, yeah. as you've mentioned. Are they Which turning? Is, are they arriving three days before? I mean, if it pays off, brilliant. It it is frustrating because there's there's, there's no real excuse for it. Like, what else is going on it does in January? Feel weird. Like, why, why are, are they, they not there yeah. now? What yeah. else are they doing? Be, well, I mean, they're going yeah. to the UAE, aren't they, for a bit of like? Yeah, I don't really probably understand like that. Sit in the pool for a few there, days. There was a bit of a story because so Steve Harmison. Um, raised this and, and had a bit of a pop at, at the England management for that decision. Was it on TalkSport? Yeah, it could uh, be. And it was tweeted out and then Ben Stokes replied, you know, tweeted back and was sort of saying, well, we are, you know, yeah, but we're going to the UAE, you know, sort of saying that Harmison was, you know, not giving them enough credit or was sort of misrepresenting it because they're going to the UAE for a training camp. But the UAE isn't the same yeah. as going to India. And I don't really understand why they're not there now. They're and not they're not there playing now. any matches, are they? Yeah, not... yeah, not playing any actual warm-up matches. Uh, it'd be one thing if the first test was on January the 2nd or yeah, something. Exactly. But like, I don't really understand why they're not there now. It's just like, surely they could have played one tour or like yeah. one one something. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. I mean, when you roll it into everything else that's going on, it, it, it's not doesn't fill you with a huge amount of uh, belief in no. in England's belief in test cricket. It's like it does it sort of does hollow it out somewhat. Yeah, because they're just kind of parachuting in and, and it's like literally the bare minimum <laughs> that they have to do. And I'm sure that's not how they would frame it to themselves or, or to anyone else, but it, that is the way it comes across. Um, and yeah, if they if they turn up really undercooked and get hammered in the first couple of tests, I mean, they they may as well come home at that point. I mean, they I, I, they, like, they could go in fully cooked and still get hammered yeah. in the first couple of tests, but the narrative will be they're underprepared and yeah. they just why are you making it difficult for yourselves? Just get out there a couple of weeks before and play some warm up games. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they've got some significant selection decisions to make uh, going into the first test. They've already made one by leaving Chris Wokes at home. He's left him out of the squad altogether. Arguably, the biggest hero of England's. Uh, extraordinary Ashes triumph last summer. <laughs> Tennis, I'm sure Australian <laughs> listeners uh, will agree. Um, well, he was officially player of the series in the Ashes. Has anyone ever been dropped? Here's a question for you, Tony. Has, yeah. has anyone ever been dropped after playing better uh, <laughs> than, than Wokes? Uh, but also, another question, is it actually the right decision, do you think, to, yeah. to leave him out? He's not gonna, he wouldn't have had much impact, you wouldn't have thought. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah, you're right though. It does seem it seems harsh. You, he, he isn't the sort of player you'd be like, like get. He's not first name on the team sheet, is he for a tour to India? Mm. But that said, he has come on an awful lot, and as you know, he's got a lot of experience, a lot of a lot of nous, and he, yeah, what's to say he couldn't have had a big impact on this tour in the same way that Anderson has has put unexpectedly say, yeah, 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 you know, produce results. We'll never know, but um, I think if he was three or four years younger, I would say, well, you should take him. But at this point, I, I actually do think it's quite a smart decision. We, we, I think we even talked during the Ashes yeah. about the fact that you know he, he's so brilliant in England, so not. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, it's easy to be else, like, yeah, that, it's easy to kind of be have the wall pulled slightly, isn't it? It, it? Yeah, during the summer and think like, well, yeah, exactly, you're right. I think it's probably the right decision, but it, it yeah, I think if anyone was just sort of casually, as I'm sure they will, in in you know fifty years time, just sort of casually working their way through. England test scorecards. Um, it would be a bit of a surprise to to see those few Ashes games and then the next test. Wake's <laughs> not only not there, but not in the squad. I mean, how do England balance the side? Do you think, Tone? With it seems as though Stoke. Well, in fact, I think they've officially yeah, said now Stokes is not fit to bowl. Which uh, I don't know. I feel like the decision to take him to the World Cup looks more and more questionable. You know, obviously, given the fact that England had an absolutely, dis- absolutely disastrous World Cup, yeah, um, feeds did we both that narrative. Say would get to the final. Yeah, I think we did. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't do a podcast yeah, after. I think just drew a line under that. But I didn't understand at the time why they were taking when he clearly, you know, when he needed surgery on his knee, and that it delayed that. But I think there's got to be a question about whether Stokes will ever bowl again. You know, he, he, it just looks like maybe that those days are behind him. But yeah, so th- there's a question about how they balance the side because. They're going to need at least two spinners, you would think. They're going to need five bowlers. And then also, what do you do about the wicketkeeper? Mm. This is a question, isn't it? Where I, well, I mean, you've wh- got to imagine Root's going to bowl a lot. Mm. So, yeah, what do they do? Go for four bowlers, what, including Leach? Yeah. And then Root makes up the other you think Root is six, second spinner. 60 overs or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, that would be my guess. Who are you giving the gloves to? Well, you're giving them to folks, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't disagree with that. I'd be happy with that. Well, I mean, I think you need, I, I do think you need your best wicketkeeper in India. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be missing chances. There's going to be sure. so many overs of spin, you know, yeah, stumping chances, et cetera, et cetera. And just, you know, keeping it tidy and not letting through buys and all of that. And I, yeah, we saw in the ashes that Bairstow is not that man. Um, and I think Folks is actually very underrated as a batsman as well. And I yeah. think particularly in the subcontinent, I think I think he's actually not a bad option to have at seven at all. So for me, it's a bit of a no-brainer to play Folks. But the question is, who do you leave out? Because yeah, it, there there isn't an obvious guy to 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 make way from that top seven. Arguably, Ollie Pope would be in the firing line, but he's the vice captain and he's batting at three, so you'd have to shake the whole thing up. So I might actually just leave out Bairstow. Mm. Is that controversial? Uh, possibly. Maybe not. I don't know. <clears throat> it's a tricky one. because It's a really hard one. Like, so two summers ago, he produced, you know, one of the best sort of strings of performances in test history. But since then, he's been injured. That is nearly two years ago now. Last summer, he batted okay, but wasn't spectacular. And actually, that little period he had against New Zealand and, and so on in, in 2022, that kind of was an anomaly if yeah, you look yeah. at Bairstow's career as a whole. So 
I don't know. I, I I don't think it would be that controversial to leave him out. Actually, I think as well, folks. As much you know, it, it depends how. Yeah, as you said before, how hard you want to go basketballing. Mm. But <laughs> yeah. um, folks, is that kind of slight safety net in the sense of you know that that yeah, you think he would offer a bit of ballast at the bottom of the order to mm. kind of to keep things steady. So uh, yeah, I would like I would like him in that in that yeah in that role. Um, it's hard to yeah it's it's a tough one I think in terms of the batting you know for all the Baz ballers um, they're still going to be pretty reliant on Root you think you know they need Root to have a big series if they're going to have any chance whatsoever uh, he averages uh, 50 over 10 tests in India is where he made his debut of course in 2012 they they need him to to produce if he doesn't it's 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 hard to see um, where a lot of the runs are coming from you mentioned the bowling attack and Leach um, being back in the in the frame, which is great to see, but he's had no bowling, and I, yeah, you just fit. I think. I mean, he's, he'll have a fair bit to, to yeah. He'll be warmed up quite quickly. I'd imagine <laughs> that's true. Have a fair bit of bowling to do. Yeah. As much as I want to be optimistic about this series, and I, you know, I I don't think you can rule anything out in the sort of Stokes McCullum Basball era, but I do think it's hard to see. I just don't think England have the spinners to compete really you look at the squad that India have picked and we can talk about this in a second but you know they've got a very spin heavy squad Ashwin Jadeja Axar Patel Kuldeep Yadav they're clearly I mean they, they'd be they'd be insane not to do this they're clearly pre- preparing extremely spin friendly surfaces and England have got Jack Leach who I think is a very good cricketer but has had no yeah no game time and then they've picked uh, Shoei Bashir who's played six first-class games for Somerset, taken 10 wickets, um, which feels like a bit of a Theo Walcott-type selection. It's yeah. like, take him for the experience and then he'll never ne- <laughs> never yeah. play again, but we'll see. Yeah. Um, and Tom Hartley, who again has, has played very little first-class cricket. So Yeah, we're some way short of what we had in 2012. Well, this is it. So England won in 2012 because they had, I mean, a key reason, obviously there were various reasons. Alistair Cook was an extraordinary. Kevin Peterson played that innings in Mumbai. But, I think fundamentally that series came down to England actually had better spinners than India then in Swan and Panazar. And that is definitely not the case this yeah. time. So that is where my optimism kind of hits the, the rocks. I mean, if I close my eyes now, I can just see Ashwin running through us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, live and exclusive on, <laughs> yeah. on Disney Plus. <laughs> see you after the break. Yeah. And I mean, Axar Patel ran through us yeah. last time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's Jadeja. I mean, Kuldeep Yadav is probably not going to play. Yeah, um, so, so that kind of that's a sign in itself of, of of how strong their spin attack is. I mean, yeah. So in terms of India, we've said it. You know, it's such an incredibly difficult place to go. That's partly the conditions, but also because they are an in- yeah, unbelievably good moment. team at the yeah. moment. And you know, they're obviously they've they've come a cropper in some other parts of the world, but at home, it, they're just a fearsomely good team and it's hard I mean so actually I mean they're batting we'll talk a little bit about their series in South Africa they're batting really struggled in South Africa they only passed 200 once admittedly this is only a couple of tests only three completed innings uh, but they, they also one and, a, one and a half days cricket collapsed of, they had a collapse of six for none in the second test which is Tone officially the worst collapse in the history of test cricket no team has ever lost six wickets for no runs before um, so you know maybe there's some uh, reasons to be optimistic for England there 
a couple of you know some frailties in the batting pass you would imagine that they'll be on kind of the bat the batters will, will be on sort of safer ground in home conditions wouldn't you and have you heard of a chap called virat Kohli? yeah i think we'll hear a lot about him <laughs> yeah. in this series i've been texting novak Djokovic. apparently have you heard this yeah him and Djokovic are just constantly sliding into each other's dms apparently and saying what well, the anything st- interesting the or? story on Crick Info was from one goat to another oh for god's sake <laughs> it's just insufferable I thought you'd enjoy yeah. that <laughs> it is insufferable fucking hell is that the, is that, the le- that was the headline like, yeah. I like Crick Info but come on <laughs> yeah. it's just the obsession yeah. for god's sake um, sort of feel, feel like Roy Keane makes me feel like Roy Keane when you when you say stuff like that um, when actually it, if it was from one gate to another, it would be Roger Federer texting <laughs> Michael <Yeah>. Atherton. <laughs> uh, oh, there was that. It, I don't know how much you saw of the South Africa India. Well, you can talk a bit about yeah. that now, maybe if you like. Yeah. The I don't, unsurprisingly, I didn't see much of the second test live. <laughs> it was very long. So for about, you went to make a cup of tea. Yeah, and exactly. It had finished. Um, but I did see quite a lot of the first test, um, particularly on the Sunday. It was just oh, I don't know. It was it was really nice. Um, yeah, Berg, Berger's hat trick ball to Coley, which he did. Um, he sh- followed it all the way. Just didn't quite get knocking it, but I would have loved. I would have loved that. You'd have loved. He'd have. <laughs> he's still got to go to Middlesbrough and get <laughs> exactly. something. That's what you're thinking. He'd um, love it if he'd have edged it. But yeah, it was quite. It was yeah, quite a series all round. It was extraordinary, wasn't it? I mean, as I say, the, the silly. Yeah, the worst collapse in Test history. Was it the shortest Test ever? Um, or, or one of the shortest tests ever in um, that, that second test was over in a day and a half or less than a day and a half. Yeah. Was it the shortest completed test? Yeah. By uh, balls. Um, but compelling at the same time. Yeah. I mean, com- you'd be annoyed if you had tickets for day three. Well, this is it. But also I think you'd be annoyed generally. I mean, my sort of main note uh, <laughs> at the end of that series is just what a shame that it was only two tests. Yeah. And I just wonder, I know we've spoken about this before and we've had slightly mixed feelings about it. I wonder if the World Test Championship is actually making things worse for a number of reasons. But one is that because they've said that, you know, it, two tests is the minimum for it to count for the World Test Championship, it's kind of given license for a lot of these series that in the past would have been three, which I still think is not enough, but would have been yeah. three, to now be two. And like, what, what, why, two, yeah, why are South Africa and India playing two tests? It's ridiculous. And obviously that series finished one all, like it needed a decider. There, I do think two test series are a travesty. Like, yeah. it isn't enough. It just leaves, you, regardless of the result, it leaves you feeling like you needed more. Yeah. And I think the World Test Championship is playing a big part in that. The other thing, as well, I think it's doing is it's, uh, and this is a bit of a tangent, but it's it's actually devaluing mm. series in a way. The whole point is to add value and add context to test cricket. But I mean, this series isn't a great example, but there are other series where where actually it feels like it matters less because it isn't going to affect the World Test Championship table. If it's between two teams who are mid-table or whatever, they have no chance of, get, of getting to the, the final. It suddenly matters less, whereas in the past, when there was no World Test Championship, that series had a was supposed a to at least have itself. a context yeah. of prestige of its own, but it actually, the championship is rendering it you know, pointless. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that does seem to be the consensus, isn't it? That's kind of building. 
I think if you went back and listened to us talking about the Test Championship when it didn't exist, we were like, yeah, get it in. <laughs> yeah. And I was probably like, yeah, brilliant, two, two match series. If there's know. one thing Test <laughs> yeah. Cricket needs, it's a championship. I mean, it just goes to show, though, what you, yeah, that it's, you know, you should consider nah. the consequences. I think I was always a bit, a bit jittery about the concept of a, of a championship. I, I think what they got wrong, there's a number of things they got wrong. They should have done, and we talked, I remember talking about this once with a friend of the show, Tim Wigmore. They should have done conferences and split it up and done it over the course of a year. So you have two conferences of six, basically like two groups of six rather than one big table where not everyone plays everyone. They're all playing different length of series. And conferences the same every year. Or I think I, you draw you mix it up. I think yeah, you go like you it as in like you could go like the NFL or like the American route of where you know like regional. You, yeah, yeah, you make it regional. You make you have some sort of you build a conference. I think you mix it up. I yeah. mean, they they could have another thing they could have done is promotion and relegation, and maybe that would be better. But the, the issue with that is just okay. Well, what happens if England and Australia aren't in the same division for fifteen years? You know. Um, whereas yeah, at least with, cricket's gone. At least with conferences, yeah. you could do it over the course of a year, and you can mix it up so that one year England and Australia are together, the next year England and India are together, or Australia and India together. You know, you could you can make that work. Yeah. Um, and it or could you go like a straight knockout? Could you just make it a a bracket? Potentially tough to organise. Yeah, logistically challenging. This is all fascinating stuff, though. And if Disney, if Disney are listening, <laughs> yeah, all you this know. and more. That's your first lunch break. <laughs> Oh, no, I agree. I, no, I, I do agree, though. It is, it, it, yeah, it does seem to have backfired uh, in quite a significant way. Yeah. And as I could be, is it hastening the decline of Test cricket rather than strengthening it? But yeah. Well, speaking of hastening the decline of Test cricket, I've got a bunch of notes on that as well. Yeah. Uh, so strap in, <laughs> strap in, because it, it just in talking about, um, I mean, literally strap in, Tony, you've got... Got to see yeah, it's starting to get it's steamy. Bit, it's very steamy in here. I was worried it was going to be cold, but um, yeah, quite, quite the we, opposite. Yeah. It's just so much hot air being spoken. Um, so just in talking about South Africa, India, I wanted to also just touch on um, South Africa's uh, squad selection for their tour of New Zealand, which has obviously um, uh, made headlines because they've picked a, an entirely new squad. Debutants here, there and everywhere. Debutants as captain. Uh, I think the most experienced player is Duane Olafir. So there's a few players that have played a handful of matches, but you know it's it's not it's not even second string, it's not even third string, really, is it? It's um, just a completely unknown squad, and the reason for that is because they've got their domestic T20 competition running at the same time, and they've prioritised that. So all their sort of big name players are going to be playing that instead of playing Test cricket in New Zealand. I mean, what do you make of this, Tane? Is that I mean, mm. this has been heralded as the beginning of the end for test cricket is that overstating it or is there some truth in that do you think and by the way it's not to the same extent but west indies are about to play uh, about to start their series in australia as well and and the same is also true for them it's not quite as stark or as um obvious because it's not that the cpl is happening at the same time and the board have said we want to only set you know we want to keep our star players here but actually the west indies squad is missing a number of players who they would like to have there um but they can't because they're playing in t20 leagues around yeah. the world like jason holder so this is this is a this isn't just south africa and we've known this is coming for a long time yeah but is it now here now yeah exactly now that we've you've chucked in the sa20 and mm. yeah it's not i don't think there's a positive answer to this i mean 
the op- is it a slightly optimistic take to think that it, it is there an element of this is like the Man United not going not playing in the FA Cup whatever year that was like two thousand yeah um, and at the end it was you know at that time because what they, they went to play, they the, to play world the World Club yeah. Cup or whatever it was World Club Final and at the time you know it was like well this is the end of the FA Cup you know or this is a, you know there was. I seem to remember that was the kind of that was the take on it. Um and that hasn't come to pass and arguably feels like the FA Cup is is coming back. Interesting. In the, there's a bit more of a resurgence in it now that when where people realize that actually you know the, the kind of the greater good of football sort of across the country in England and also you know is, is worth supporting. Um and also the like you know the the prestige of winning silverware on it you know it, outright rather than just like mm. being one place higher in a league is become more important and i don't know maybe maybe cricket has to go through this to to discover that it is actually going to be like an empty it's it's a road to nowhere really mm. and that that may yeah you know, maybe down the line players realize well, actually, well i mean they're going to get they're getting well paid but players might think well actually does anyone will is anyone going to really care sort of 10 years down the line when i average like 25 playing in a bunch of t20 leagues around the world okay yeah you've got a bit of money but as actually as a sort of player you're kind of fairly forgettable mm. uh or would it you know would they rather have the prestige of yeah of of, of being part of a kind of landmark test i don't know that, yeah we're obviously not we're, it's not going in that direction mm. at the moment no that's really interesting i'm like i'm glad to have a bit of a injection of optimism into this car <laughs> but my worry is that that might be slightly over optimistic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, no, I, I, don't, I think it possibly is. I, no, I, I think it's a good analogy with the FA Cup. I mean, I, there's no doubt that the FA Cup is le- like has lost significance. Yeah, it's nowhere near compared to what it was when we were kids. Yeah. Let alone, you know, thirty, forty, fifty years before that. But it's probably a good point that it's that people are taking it gradually more seriously again. And yeah, I like the idea that maybe this is just the process that Test Cricket has to go through and it's almost like when people start to realise what they are losing or what they've lost that they might move back in that direction. But from where I'm sitting right now, it just feels like it's all falling apart and cricket is kind of halfway through eating (laughs) itself. And I don't know, I'm genuinely struggling with this, Dana. I'm struggling with it a bit as host of the World Cricket Show in that... I Co-host. like I. <laughs> I honestly feel like I've lost quite a lot of connection with cricket, um, and I don't know whether that's something I should admit as <laughs> to the podcast. But I mean, you can hear when we're talking about this now. Like, I still I get really animated about it, and and I, you know, I've not lost that passion for it, enthusiasm for it when s- there is a significant test series happening. But I do find like the thought of after this there's going to be two months of IPL I'm just not interested at all and it I do just feel like the sport that I grew up loving and caring about is different now and not in a good way and it feels like it's getting worse but I don't and I'd be interested to hear from listeners I'd like to know what you think I'd be interested to hear from listeners as well whether other people feel like that too or whether this is partly just as well a little bit about my own life circumstances and the fact that I have two small children at the moment and less time to actually watch cricket. Even the cricket that I do want to watch, I have a lot less time to 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 do so than I did 10 years ago. Yeah, it's it was kind of dilemma that I'm wrestling with a bit, but I, I just feel like I absolutely could not care less about the SA20 or whatever. And it's not that I don't like T20 cricket. I do like it, but as you say, it's just, it's irrelevant. It It, it doesn't matter at all. 
players averaging 30 over a franchise T20 career, like that's just not, I, I have absolutely zero interest in that compared to, well, I mean, and we saw in with the Ashes last summer that was so great and it did kind of re-energize mm. me. Um, but there's, that feels like it's few and far between. And even what, as, as we've just talked about, what should be something similar with this five test series in India coming up. And it may, it may well be, but the way that England are approaching it um, and the, and the BCCI seem to be approaching it, it's, it's not making it easy for us to, to love even this. Uh, and yeah, it just feels like it's all kind of disintegrating. Is that overstating it? No, I don't think you're far off the mark, to be honest. Um, you're saying you're not invested in the fate of the Paul Royals. Um, <laughs> possibly not great news for the podcast, is it? Yeah, then, true. Just when we were on the cusp of... <laughs> <laughs> that big Disney gig. <laughs> um, yeah. And by the way, if listeners are worried, like, I'm, we're, I'm not, it's not to the extent that we're about to stop doing this. Yeah, we'll still be we'll here st- two to three times a year. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and, yeah, as I say, I do... I've, I've possibly like overstated the case there. Like, I... I still love cricket when I watch it, but I don't. Ten years ago, I thought about it a lot, and you know, it because it, it felt like it it had like quite a significance in my life in a way that it doesn't now. And I don't know whether that's just because I've, you know, had to grow up and mm. I've got other commitments and responsibilities that have taken priority over that, or if it's actually just that the cricket that is on is of much less interest to me most of the time. Yeah, it's it is hard to say because you, you know the Ashes last summer was was unbelievable yeah, in terms and, of intrigue and, and, and got, kind of got right back into it. Into it yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, but you're right. I mean, it does it does you know it does seem to be going in one direction. Um, so yeah. I'll, th- I'll throw in one more thing that's troubling me a bit <clears throat> about this, or one more reason to be troubled. Um, I don't know if you saw the Guardian did a Test Team of the Year as part of their kind of end of year roundup. Uh, and I think nine or ten of them were over the age of 30 and nine of them were from Australia, England or India. Yeah. And like, and that you couldn't really quibble with any of the selections, but that just can't be good news, can it? <laughs> Either of those things. And it, it just feels like it's slipping away a bit. And it is just a, a, a totally different sport and a totally different landscape to what it was 25 years ago when we were growing up and, you know, you were excited to see, to watch Sri Lanka. And, and as, much, as much at the time, it felt like it was frustrating because England was so bad. Yeah. <laughs> but there's part of me that almost wishes that England were worse <laughs> in <laughs> comparison everyone else was good. <laughs> because yeah. everyone else was better. Yeah. No, um, well, it's true, isn't it? I mean, you know, you know, in the, when we started getting to cricket in the kind of mid nineties, yeah, you know, obviously Australia were very good South Africa, West Indies, mm. uh, yeah, Sri Lanka. I'm just naming teams. <laughs> <laughs> just naming teams. But like, you know, you're right. They, yeah. Every side had well, class know, players, three yeah. or four, yeah. uh, you know, three or four genuine, like genuinely brilliant players at least. Um, yeah. Have I just bummed you out? Have I just bummed yeah, everybody out? <laughs> anyway, I just might just put the engine on. <laughs> I just absolutely drive off, drive, killed the mood. The I'd say, I, yeah, I, I'm I'm exaggerating because I do still love cricket when it when I when it's good and I care about it. There's just far too much that I don't care about, and it feels like it's kind of trending in that direction. And I'm depressed about that because I don't 
I don't think there's anything, there's certainly nothing I can do about it. I don't think there is any stopping it. But maybe a bit of, uh, maybe you've given me reason to be more cheerful than that. If if I, I like your idea that this is just a kind of, yeah, uh, yeah, a process that has to be gone through for everybody but it, but to realise yeah. how good Test cricket is. But uh, the counterpoint to that is, it, is it you know, it, it might it might result in a slight uptick at some point, but it'll never get anywhere near the high yeah. high point. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's one of our iTunes reviews. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It'll just sort of like bumble along. <laughs> iTunes oh, review after this episode. Yeah. Uh, I liked it better when they weren't in the car. Yeah. yeah. Get a proper studio. <laughs> um, yeah. I, um, I don't know. But, uh, you know, to come back to England, India, like the fact there's no TV coverage confirmed. Yeah. Uh, no one's bothered to play a warm up game. It doesn't exactly mm. lend itself to hope. This is our opening link on, <laughs> yeah. on, on Disney yeah. Plus, by the way. Enjoy the series. It writes itself. <laughs> oh, oh boy. Enjoy the series. Yeah. We haven't, we should probably, I don't want to leave it on that yeah, note. Yeah, go on. Let's come so, back to it again. Uh, we talk about that catch again. <laughs> yeah. We should have finished on that. <laughs> yeah, this is, this I didn't was, realize you had such a like, I know, dire. It was like a, I'd, I'd worked it all out, Tane. Um, but you know, you do you you produce the show how you want. Well, no one's getting to the end, are they? They'll listen to the first like, half an hour. <laughs> we could talk about David Warner if you like. Yeah, if you want. I don't know if that's going to finish on a more positive note or not. Let's see. But yeah, he's obviously just uh, retired. Just finished his Test career um, uh, with well, in some style, as far as the team are concerned, as Australia swept Pakistan three nil at home. There's a lot of fanfare about Warner's retirement. Really big show, wasn't it? I, he'd kind of signalled his intention to retire a long time ago. He'd announced that this would be his last series, so it was a, it was a long build up to it. Yeah, I mean, a few people weren't happy about that, were they? Like Mitchell Johnson, oh yeah, was quite pointed, wasn't he? Yeah, basically said, "What a dick." Yeah, in not in a few more words. Well, I mean, what's what's your what's your view on Warner at the end of all this? Where where does he rank? Do you think? Uh. In what, in terms of Australians, in terms of um, cricketers, openers? Either, both, all of the above. Bogeymen. Um, He's had an interesting yeah. career, I suppose, hasn't he? Where would he rank? I'd, I'd say interesting career. I'd forgotten this. He he made his uh, T20 international debut before he played a first-class match. So he was um, the second Australian ever to play... Uh, international cricket uh, having never played first class cricket and I think the first one was in the first ever test match <laughs> that's um, a good stat yeah so no one really thought he'd be a test player yeah he, he's been an exceptional player doesn't he I mean undoubtedly and he's done things he's played innings that very few or players certainly in the past would have or could have possibly maybe now with the sort of basketball kind of change, you know, but it's kind of crickets caught up with him in some regards, in that sense. Um, you mean because other people can do what he well, did? Well, I just or? think other people are doing now. Mm. Um, and, and obviously, you know, he's a fairly divisive character kind of in and around the sport, isn't he? So not necessarily the most popular. No. Yeah, so I don't think many tears have I mean, been we'll shed. probably be... Bloody loving him when he turns up in the commentary box, <laughs> next, you know, the next Ashes series. Which apparently he's going to. Like, he's, le- he's you know, legend. Going to be a commentator. Well, one, of yeah. the, one, of the, one of the good guys. Legend. <laughs> Absolute legend. I mean, yeah, he's, he's, who knows? I don't know. You know, obviously I don't know. I've never met the man. Don't know what he's like. 
um, away from the cameras, but he's never come across very well, has he? Uh, you know, at least to England fans, um, not a very popular figure. But I wonder if that's sort of colouring our assessment of him a little bit. Yeah, slightly. He's maybe a better player than we think. You know, he's had a better career than we think because we just really don't like him. Yeah, um, I haven't got his stats in front of me, but uh, yeah, it would strike me that my gut would say he's not as, uh, he won't be remembered. He won't, he's not above Gilchrist. Oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. I don't, I um, don't, I, I, but yeah. I, statistically, I don't know, I don't know what the, the numbers are. And I think as well, it, you know, it's colored by the fact that Australia, again, they've sort of probably been better than we feel they've been yeah, in yeah. like the last, like whatever, like mm. sort of 10, 15 years mm-hmm. since 2005. Um, That's more than 15 years. But yeah. yeah go on. 18 years. Um, <laughs> the last sort of five or six years yeah, since yeah, 2005. Yeah. Just like it's been a couple of years. <laughs> seems like yesterday, but you, do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, because they haven't been a consistent kind of dominant force like they were, mm. it feels like no one's had a good, there haven't been any good Australians. Steve Smith, but yeah, yeah, uh, obviously, but yeah. no, I, I, I take your point. I, I think, yeah, on the one hand, I think maybe actually they probably had the one of the best, one of the best bowling attacks of all time. Sure, in that yeah, time, yeah. probably like they've, three or four of the best batsmen of the era. Been one of the two or three best teams yeah, in the world exactly. throughout that Keep, whole period. Yeah, yeah. I, I think on the one hand, I think our we've maybe sort of slightly underrate him because we dislike him, uh, and also because he the last few years haven't been. You know, he's really tailed off in the last few years and possibly should have gone a lot sooner. And this was part of Mitchell Johnson's point. But actually, that period between sort of 2012 and 2015 or so, he was probably the best opening batsman in the world. Yeah, weapon. But at the same time, I, I do think there's been, it, like, some of the coverage has gone a little bit overboard in sort of proclaiming him one of Australia's all time greats and things like He's been very good, but like, he's finishing with an average just below 45 and has had, you know, a pretty dismal time of it for the last sort of four or five years, which is quite a long time. Uh, but then also, if you look at, if you sort of drill down into his record, so he averaged 58 at home, which is pretty remarkable, but 31 away from home. And his career is sort of pretty much split. He's played sort of half his tests at home, half away, which is why his average averages out at 45. <laughs> but um, But particularly in England and India, which are, you know, probably Australia's two great challenges um he walked to the middle 56 times uh combined in england and india and he never made 100 um so th- there's reason to think yeah so, so yeah, the idea that, that he's the edge off. as you say he's kind of up there with gilchrist or these sorts of players hayden langer etc I, I don't think that is the case and i've been not surprised by all the fanfare but just you know i think it maybe went a little bit overboard but yeah he a good player not one will miss <laughs> from the point of view of uh, of an England fan, but yeah. um, I, I can see why maybe. What's your view on players like signposting or, or picking the, the date of their own sort of departure? <clears throat> yeah, I, it's, I suppose it's quite presumptuous. Is this, is this the thought that it's presumptuous of Warner to think that he would continue to be picked yeah. as long as he was because he'd, he'd been in such miserable form? But I don't necessarily have a problem with it in principle. And there are players who I think, well, yeah, you've you've earned the right. You know, if Joe Root says he wants to retire in seven tests time, I think that's fine. As long, I suppose that you have to factor in how the team are doing. For Australia, you know, they were winning and they beat Pakistan easily. So was it? Well, that's probably an exaggeration, but you know they—they they, yeah. they, in terms of scoreline, they—they they beat them easily. So, 
There weren't what, any sort of tough questions. Was to it answer. a big problem? Were they carrying a passenger? But yeah, had had it been had that gone to a decider and it was a you know it was really in the balance, then maybe yeah it would have come under more scrutiny. But I yeah I I don't have a problem in principle. Yeah, well, I'm, I want to retire in 145 <laughs> episodes time. So well, we'll see. So, what's that? That's about 50. Speaking years. of, we're closing in on 400. Tony, that's is mad, isn't it? Well into the nervous 390s now, which might explain why we've been uh, a little bit less. <laughs> frequent we're just just very anxious about the whole thing <laughs> yeah true my colleague well my boss uh sent me a link the other day to an article i think simon hughes has written about cricket podcasting right. Did you see this no i think it was on Substack or something but yeah it was just like it's like i wonder you know i've been basically i've been looking at uh you know like the success of goal hanger podcast yeah. and those sort of stuff. And i wonder if there's a future in cricket podcasting <laughs> basically was i think the gist of it um yeah, yeah. So obviously he hasn't been paying attention. Yeah, there was a big Guardian article about <laughs> was it? Guard, I think it was Guardian article about cricket podcasts as well. Did you see this? No mention of us. Fucking bullshit. Yeah, um, it's not going to go down well with the Disney guys, is it? <laughs> All right, so well, I think that's probably it. We've just about survived in the car. It's but like it's pretty steamy now. Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, the hope is that the engine will switch on, but we'll yeah, see. we'll see. Otherwise, we've got a long walk home. Um, we'll be back soon, I'm sure. How soon is soon? Remains to be seen, but well, you, yeah. Have you enjoyed this what one? We'll probably do is who are we, who are England playing in the summer? Uh, is it uh, West Indies and Sri Lanka? I think. <sighs> Let's have a look. But well, I mean, basically, what we'll do is we'll probably do what one or two more pods during the end of the series. Maybe both of which will come before the fourth test, <laughs> and then we'll do like a West Indies preview. That's the thing. Yeah, that's the got the schedule the schedule. <laughs> schedule mapped yeah. out. Uh, so very sensible. I think, well, the World Tennis. Do you remember the World Tennis Show, <laughs> which we haven't now recorded for about six years? But uh, there was one year where we <laughs> we did a Australian Open preview, <laughs> Australian Open Week One review, and then the next pod was a US Open preview. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you just got to hope people don't join the dots. You know, it's just like. Uh, there's a yeah. feature in podcasting there is a feature in podcasting um well listen yeah you know, let's be never, fun we're never gonna stop are we it's just <laughs> until, so. we until one of us yeah. dies yeah we can't get off this train so we just might be quite erratic for a while <laughs> so just ask listeners to be to be patient in the meantime while you're waiting do you get involved on social media facebook twitter instagram send us an email worldcricketshow at gmail.com as i say do let me know how you feel about cricket at the moment that's quite general <laughs> question but you know am i alone in in this feeling or uh or, or do other people share it and what can we do about it I'd, I'd love to do something about it any suggestions very welcome that is what i can only describe as it you're gonna have to drive me home now today yeah. i'm gonna, looking forward to a nice rest have i told you about have i told you about so i've been struggling to uh, i've not been getting a lot of sleep this week Tony. right uh the reason being so my two small children after four and a half years four and a half years after the first one was born I'm now finally both sleeping through the night. So I've, I'm now sleeping through the night for the first time for four and a half years, or I was for like two days. Yeah. Uh, and now my neighbours have bought a cockerel. <laughs> <laughs> it's a true story. So, and, and yeah. That's unfortunate. It's unbelievable. And we don't, so we, don't live in, get we don't live in the country. We live in a quite a built yeah, up area. place for a cockerel. <laughs> and uh, it starts crowing at 4am. <laughs> nice. 
That is unbelievable. I put a note through. What, do you live in like Zelda? You live in like Hyrule? Zelda. (laughs) Yeah, I live in Kakariko Village. (laughs) She's got a nice new place. (laughs) She moved into a new new condo. um, (laughs) Got the kids down. In Cockery Forest. Chickens everywhere. Uh, Uh, yeah, it's quite annoying. I actually, so it's been going for two weeks. I think they must have got it for Christmas. That's a ridiculous Christmas okay, gift. For a couple of weeks. I put a note through that. I couldn't work <laughs> out. I couldn't work out if there's one of two houses. I put a note through each door. Um, and what have you said? I just fucking get rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah basically. <it> <laughs> so no, I said, please, can you give me a call? I said, if, if you are the owner of a cockerel, please, can you give me a call and left my number? <laughs> I had a text message reply this morning that said uh, hi uh, yes i'm not the owner of the cockerel but i'd love to know who is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so i'm on the case right okay oh we've got to gonna have to have an update this is a, this is definitely reason to do do a yeah. podcast sooner rather yeah. later yeah it's very annoying very very annoying just waking up me and the kids at 4 a.m <laughs> It's not what you need. 4 a.m. But it's yeah. not even, it's still dark. I know, yeah. What's it's it's, like, it's not even it's, daybreak. Yeah. That's the whole point. Yeah. Nope. You'd appreciate it. You'd be like, oh, okay, it's light. It starts going like three and a half hours <laughs> before it gets light. It's that is not how they're supposed to work. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand what they're thinking. I don't understand what this person is thinking, getting a cockerel. How many <laughs> How many times is it? Is it? It's every 20 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, very annoying. Well, good luck. Thank Keep you. Keep us posted. Oh, yeah, we better come back soon for an update. Yeah. All right. Speak to you soon. Stay in school, everyone. We should do this more. We should do this more. <laughs> Talk to you soon. Yeah. Cheers. Bye bye for now. Cheers. Uh, 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 uh,